Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. We're so glad you made it. Get on inside. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, nobody cares how you're doing today. Let's just jump into it. <laughs> Thank you, because I have nothing to say. <laughs> Come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china, sharing those ever-growing strategies for maximizing gains, cutting losses, trading strategies, how to pick a stock, all of it. We share it all. If you are new to the shop and stock trading in general, you can always check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com, or you can give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. But the best place to be is come join us and a bunch of amazing people over on our free Discord server. We get on there every day. It's just really awesome place full of wonderful people sharing all sorts of trading stuff, news, laughs, charts. And other things. And other things. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> it is, it's totally free. No paid tiers or special access areas. Uh, fuck that shite. When you do join the server, send us a private message or email with your mailing address so we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. Kyle, what do we got? We got shot glasses, beer koozies, t-shirts. Uh, stickers, uh, coffee mugs. Oh, and the wristbands. Trading wristbands. Oh, yeah, the wristbands. Yes. Uh, do you like those wristbands? I'm looking at mine right now. Yeah, we also uh, will have a link to the actual shop shop <laughs> where you can do you can go shop in the shop shop. Show your support. God, I like saying that. You can go shop in the shop shop. If you need more smashable swag uh, or you just want to show your support, uh, come buy some merch. Anyway. It's shameless plug over. Oh, yeah, shameless plug over. <laughs> shop in the shop shop. <laughs> We're just like glad that. everybody's here. It's We have a lot of fun. Uh, it's always better with friends. Thank you for showing up. Kyle, what's our show news to report? What do we got up on the docket coming up? Oh, we just had a fantastic interview with Cairo Asatar, the CEO yes, of Centerfin. That should be coming out on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We finally got our rescheduled Stephen Mathai Davis, the CEO of QAI, recorded. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, because we learned that uh, that company is uh, backed by Forbes, mm -hmm. we will be taking next week off and releasing that episode. Yeah, so so we can media blast it. Yeah, we'll get a week off and uh, we'll also get the, the advertising might of Forbes behind our show. So yes, yes. Really excited we'll about that. <laughs> Could have a lot of strangers in the shop, but we'll make them friends pretty quick. <laughs> Damn right. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. After that, we got Roger Corey, uh, CEO of Market Forecasting Academy, then Kyra Turner, uh, another 
person from T3 Live. Oh, yeah. She's a stock and options trainer we'll be talking to. Really excited to get to sit down with, with these guys. Yeah. If you got any questions uh, for any of these specifically for these upcoming guests, uh, we do keep that schedule posted in the Discord. Uh, there's a channel dedicated just for people to ask questions. Yes, yes. Uh, Martin Screlly, farmer bro, got out of prison. I did send him some DMs on Reddit to try and get him on the show, but he has yet to respond, so... Well, maybe, uh, maybe we get Forbes to ask for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, fun, exciting stuff on the docket. And a week off. And, and a, week a week off. off. Oh, my God. What am I going to do with myself? Record guest episodes and edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I still have a lot of work to do. Well, today we have got a jarring, jagged, jabbering show for you. Lots of market-moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than frightened pets on the 4th of July. Aw, that makes me sad. Oh, well, it's also coming up. There will be no, I know. no, no trading this Monday. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll still be on the Discord. Uh, yes, actually. Uh, trying to see if we got any interest on Monday, jumping on there and doing some kind of a trade plan review. Uh, I know I could use some some input on what I'm trying to, to to do to take advantage of all this wonderful information we've been learning since we mm-hmm. started this show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Figure, you know, we should open that up to anybody. So if you want to jump in there and kind of discuss your plans, get some input from other people in the community. Uh, we'll be trying to do that Monday or maybe Sunday, depending on what the interest is. It will be it'll be a good time. Yeah. It's always good to just review what you're doing. Say it out loud. If you can't explain it to somebody else, then that should be a red flag. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Reach out to us, folks. We do love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook on our Discord. Uh, we'll have that link in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at com. That's the number twobulls at com. Or you can give us a phone call to 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade or terrible trade you just made. Or maybe you're the best hunter in your village. And when you finally try to hunt and kill the beast that's been terrorizing the forest, that outcast bookworm girl with the bestiality fetish tries to kill you instead. Doesn't matter. We just love it when you reach out. What fucking movie is that? Little Red Riding Hood? <laughs> is that a movie? No, I don't know. That maybe you're going to fairy tales. <laughs> uh, Beauty and the Beast, man. Beauty and the Beast. Why do I not remember that? Well, you don't you remember Gaston me. trying to kill the beast, but Belle's like, "No, don't kill him." I just don't remember him being a great hunter. That's what he's the best off. hunter in the village. Yeah, I don't remember that part. You got me. Got you that time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, you know where, where else I got you, Kyle? What? What? In the bet. How do you figure? Because I won. Twice over. How is that? Let's do the results first. Then we can. I think there's. I think I have an argument. Okay. 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 <laughs> I I got I won. Fi- I got fifty dollars from my trade. So I think you go first. I I, I don't think you got. Oh 50. yeah. No, I lost money. Let's see. I had SPXL open the week at seventy three twenty nine and quickly hit my stop at seventy. Did not fill that gap as I was hoping. So I had five hundred nineteen dollars and twelve cents. Uh, puts me at the end of the month at four ninety five eighty two. Wow. Okay. Well, I I shorted Neo. Yeah, uh, I picked Neo, and it, if it was above twenty four half, I was going to go long. If it was below, I was going to go short. It opened at twenty four thirteen, so the short was on. It closed the week at twenty one thirty six for a healthy eleven and a half percent gain for me. Brought my total from four thirty seven thirty two up to four eighty seven fifty three, closing in eight dollars away from your total. Oh, man. Okay. 
with a home yeah. run crack right out of the park. Thank you, Neo. Nice job on that one. How'd random do? Uh, random had Ash open the week at 102.77 and close at 103.67. So random went up, uh, I think it was like $3. Um, yep. It finished at 379.92. Ooh. I don't think random's ever done that bad. <laughs> no. No, it has not. Okay, but we had a side bet going. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, the side bet was that uh, people would DM me dick pics. Uh, I think we had an over-under of two. I chose the over, you chose the under. And I got Whoa, one. Wait, wait how? I chose oh. the over, you chose the under. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I got one Yeah. from... Uh, Okay, who was it? Uh, David. But it was also a wall of dicks. So, <laughs> so it was many dicks. It was many dicks. Okay. Um, but, okay, this is, I guess, where the confusion is coming in. One of them wasn't a DM. One of them was just posting the show updates, but it still was directed at me. It was a, a picture of Richard Nixon, which I think we can count. It's a tricky dick. But the question is, Is it uh, was it supposed to be my DMs or was it only just dick pics sent to me? I, I think any dick pic delivered is a dick pic. Shit. <laughs> uh, Joel also sent me an eggplant too, which I think is is questionable. I'd give that. It's a shy dick. It's a shy dick. So that puts it at what two and a half then? <laughs> ah! Fuck. Yes. All right. And that was a, a three dollar bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a fifty dollar bet, but we could make it a ten dollar bet because that's all I need. <laughs> Four and a half dollars would swing it in my direction. All right, so I finished the week with four forty-five eighty-two. Then, yeah, and I got five thirty-seven fifty-three. Hold on, let me let me find some horns and trumpets so I can celebrate this occasion. Ah, yeah, just soak it in, Dan. There you go. All right, so I should start looking to see which strip club I'm going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna find the uh the male strip club for you oh god damn it because <laughs> we gotta get just to be clear we gotta get both sides like maybe the male strip club does better in a recession i don't know oh no but i'd like to find out <laughs> if, god damn it <laughs> oh okay it's time to talk about some news oh yeah thank god Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skipping to bulls trading information. Rioters raiding, insider trading, taxes are raising, bills on the hill. We got a crypto mill, no, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, man. Two bulls trading information. What? Two bulls trading information. I'm Okay, Kyle, what should we lead off with? Uh, Let's talk about manufacturing. Uh, So, according to MarketWatch, manufacturing grew at its slowest pace in two years. Another sign they say that the economy is slowing. So, the ISM manufacturing index fell fell to 53% from 56.1. 
But uh, okay, so they say inflation is a big problem, but price pressures ease for the third month in a row. Blah 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 blah. The thing is, though, that that doesn't tell the whole story. Um, that being that, uh, God damn it, we're trying to find the actual people talking. Uh, the plants are manufacturing is still operating at like high capacity. So business is not growing as rapidly as it was last year. New orders are falling off for the first time in two years, but the people are still hiring. Uh, Timothy Fiore, the chairman of the ISM survey, he downplayed the decline saying that some companies over ordered earlier in the year because they're unsure if the products or supplies would arrive in light of record lead times. Mm. Now they're whittling down excess inventories, which makes sense. We had huge supply chain crunch. So everyone was just trying to make sure they get what they need to weather that. But uh, demand still remains strong, uh, and it's, it's shown in the fact that most of these manufacturers are still trying to hire. And there's also been an increase on the production side, too. Okay. So unless, um, let's see, yeah, Fiora said that if the companies were concerned about demand falling off, they'd not, they would not be hiring at this point. Uh, he'd only start worrying if lead times fell and orders remained weak. So the books are strong. The numbers, the new orders are starting to drop, but there's also a huge spike in that because of the supply chain is what is what the uh, the ISM chairman saying. Mm, okay. So there's they're, they're, they're saying the numbers are bad, but, you know, we feel really good about them. I mean, they're, it's still growing, too. That's the other thing. It's, it just grew at a slower pace than usual or than had been for the past two years, which, mm. you know, still trying to recover from this whole COVID thing that screwed everything up yeah so initially it was thinking like weakness might make uh the fed kind of maybe not be able to hike as aggressively since the strength of the economy is what they're using to be able to justify the the rapid and aggressive rate hikes but that makes it look like it's still pretty strong to me i'm I'm just thinking back to like walmart and target being like we've got excess inventory we're slashing prices (laughs) it does Target sell anything that U.S. manufacturers make? Oh, that's right. No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, <We're> fine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? What do I got, news-wise? Um, I was paying attention to this little story about Eurozone inflation hitting a record high of 8.6% as the European Central Bank gets ready for its first rate hike in 11 years years that's first rate hike in 11 years first rate increase in 11 years oh was that the london one we were just listening or talking about that increased rates aggressively too i thought yes okay that was the the british bank now the european great bank yeah and uh, aggressive for them is is uh uh the, the 50 bips they went 50 bips too uh so so they uh they were originally talking 25 bips and Mm -hmm. uh the the andrew kenningham the chief europe economist at capital economics said that that 8.6 percent figure is probably not enough to bring 50 bips back into play for july but policymakers are uncomfortable with the negative interest rate policy so they expect to see bigger rate hikes going on from september we'll see what happens but i think it's crazy that they're like okay we'll do our first rate increase oh eight eight point six percent inflation not enough for 50 bips we'll just do 25 that is quite surprising <laughs> wonder why the complete different are they just hoping that the u.s curbs it for them <laughs> we'll keep our <laughs> right. rates low and just let the u.s go crazy and what's crazy to me is the the 8.6 percent like that's the average of the eurozone right like 
Right. France and Spain are have already surpassed 10%. Germany had a decrease, though, didn't they? They did. Uh, they had a drop of half a percentage points. Uh, they think it was due to government subsidies. Oh, so that's what we need to do. Yes. <laughs> Doesn't everybody just do that? <laughs> Every time I say we should just print checks and send them out, every guest we've had is like, that's a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> Europe, I guess, disagrees. Yeah. <laughs> but Europe also pays a shitload more in taxes than we do. Well, yeah, they get more for it. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, inflation is bad in Europe. Not surprising. Not as bad in, 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 in Germany as it in other spots. But what would really surprise me was they haven't increased their, their interest rates at 11 years. That's, is that their version of what we were doing with the, the quantitative easing? I don't know. Who's our next economist? Yeah. We, need to, we need to get another one on here and ask him. All right, what, what, uh, what else do you got? I have a story about a top accounting firm that got fined $100 million after employees were uh, caught cheating on their their exams their cpa exams wow like all of them that's my initial <laughs> thought <laughs> um, let's see uh, a significant number of the accounting firm's auditors cheated on the, the ethics portion <laughs> wow of a cpa accountant test and the other courses needed to maintain their licenses wow uh, even more stunningly, the SEC said that Ernst & Young made a submission that it did not have, quote, current issues with cheating when, in fact, the firm had been informed of potential cheating on a CPA ethics exam. This is the largest fine ever against an auditing firm. Uh, Gabe Guber Grewell, the director of the SEC's enforcement division, said this in a press release. Uh, this action involves breaches of trust by gatekeepers within the gatekeeper entrusted to audit many of our nation's public companies. It's simply outrageous that the very professionals responsible for catching cheating by clients cheated on ethics exams, of all things. Of course you'd have to cheat on the ethics exam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do you understand right and wrong? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> What's Talking to me about this whole thing is just the massive size of this fine when how many times have we seen like, you know, manipulation claims or other shady shit that they do and they walk away with like $6,700 fines. It's like, <laughs> right. It's like, okay, you can do other stupid shit and get away with just a slap on the wrist, but do not cheat on the fucking ethics exam. <laughs> <laughs> was was it like, like I could go get a job at this company and like my intake training is like, there's going to be an ethics exam. Here are the answers. Right. <laughs> what? How hard is it to, how hard is this ethics exam? <laughs> 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 a like, man in a trench coat hands you a bag of cash and tells you to look the other way do you do it or not well how much cash what do you do a go to the <laughs> casino b call the regulators c take him as a client and then charge him the bribe as a fee <laughs> put him on the books and charge <laughs> Oh yeah, that's got to be it. This got to be it. C, uh, C, final answer. So yeah, not. Uh, I'm not sure what effect that has on the markets, but it was just something that uh, that just really blew my mind. So I guess the SEC can levy big fines. I guess is what I was. What I learned from that story, right? When they want to. Yes. All right. Anything else? Uh, I, I got one that blew my mind, and I I think it's going to blow yours once I put it into context. Okay. Because I know you saw it. 
uh, Uganda has announced and that they have found 31 million tons of gold. That's that's 320,000 metric tons of refined gold. That sounds like a lot. What's the actual, like how much are there all the reserves? Like what percentage of that is it? Uh, according to, to usgs.gov, mm-hmm. there are only 244,000 metric tons of gold discovered to date. What? What? Yeah, you heard that correctly. Oh. Uganda is claiming their gold discovery is bigger than the entire reserves. Is is bigger than all the gold we've ever found to date. Holy shit. Uh yeah, so if anybody out there is invested in gold, <laughs> you're about to get a lot more supply. <laughs> yes, this could uh uh this could affect the price of gold. Uh <laughs> certainly comes at an awkward time for gold as an inflation hedge edge. Oh, holy shit. Uh, so how easy is this going to be to extract? A Chinese company, Wagagai Mining, is already planning to mine it. It's got its gold production license. It's got a 21-year mining lease. So uh, I would say 21 years. Wow. Um, they, can, they can mine uh, 2,500 to 3,000 metric tons a year. Okay. So it'd take a while for it to get into the market. Uh, but they are investing heavily. Obviously, the Wagagai put $200 million so far into building refineries. Oh, there's also, if you look at the very bottom of this uh, story here, it says that smuggling gold is very prominent in Africa, according to a UN report. Uh, production in the Congo region continues to be systematically underreported. So even though the statistics say there's only 25 to 100 to 3,000 metric tons mined each year, a significant amount of that may be entering the market that's not being reported. Right. So it, the inflation, inflationary price of gold will uh, only increase. Wow. I should say the inflation would only increase as, yeah, unreported gold hits the supply. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Anything? Anything? Yeah. So, I mean, kind of a big deal for, for gold. Uh, I would say the manufacturing, like things like electronics that gold is used in, are going to get cheaper. That would be nice. Maybe the HDMI cables will finally come down a bit. Right. Yeah. So we'll 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 see what happens. But that that really kind of blew me away. I, it's it's that that news story came out on June eighteenth. I just came across it myself. Yeah. And it kind of made my jaw drop. And I was like, how is this not bigger news? Mm-hmm. Um. But <laughs> there we are. There we are. <laughs> All right. Uh, is it segue time? Yeah. You know who's got a heart of gold? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Two Bulls in a China Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage, an equal housing lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She has over 20 years experience helping thousands of people, whether it's purchase, refinance, or even do the amazing reverse mortgage. Sue has the skills to pay those bills. She's going to help you. Licensed in 28 states, possibly growing. We don't know. We'll mm. see. <laughs> give her a call yeah. see what she can do for you best way to to hit her up is that phone number 520-977-7904 uh you can also send her an email spullen at fairwaymc.com fairway independent mortgage has an mls number 2289 sue pullen has an mls number 206048 that email again is spullen at fairwaymc.com that phone number is 520-977-7904 and two bills and chat shops also proud to be affiliated with trade pro academy Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to the new and experienced independent traders. It can be translated into layman speak that uh, you can learn to trade like those big institutions. They've got a great staff of highly knowledgeable and successful traders. There's no better place that we've found to learn everything you need to know to be a successful trader. 
Find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can just use our affiliate link in the episode description. This is a great way to support our show and improve your own knowledge and skills. If you do join that Discord too, we have links for a 10% discount cord as long as you don't tell George. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you jump in the Discord, there's uh, been a few of us who've uh, joined the TPA Academy. So if you want to learn more about it, uh, feel free to feel free to ask. I know uh, uh, one of our guys is getting private tutoring from Vico and has seen some really good results from that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're just a, a great community. Just like another great community that we found. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just like the great community over at Order Flow Labs. Uh, we've uh, we'll be talking to Flair and Leo doing our Back to the Futures stuff. Uh, you should definitely check that those episodes out. Uh, they were kind enough to share the Order Flow Labs toolkit with us for trading futures on Sierra Charts, Motive Wave, or Ninja Trader. Uh, just brilliant, amazing custom studies for, for structure, identification, and execution. They've got uh, liquidity zones, buy sell zones, exhaustion absorption detectors, reconstructed tape. They've got the dominator signal. They, just It's like having a professional trader looking over your shoulder. Yeah, uh, They got something for everybody. Constantly adding testing studies. Uh, they offer some of the best support I've ever seen for trading tools. They're constantly uh, doing uh, sh- live streams. Uh, they've got their own Discord answering a million questions. They go on our Discord and answer questions. If you are trading futures, check them out at orderflowlabs.com. These guys are awesome. Yeah, I was going to say too about the Back to the Futures uh, collaboration we've been doing with OFL. The concepts mm-hmm. that we've been talking about in the first couple episodes aren't just for futures so not at all if you're interested in learning about auction theory and and other you know key core foundational concepts uh they work for all markets i i haven't been trading futures i've been trading options and i can wholeheartedly say that it works for i've been using it for the spy i think i shared with with kyle how well mm-hmm. my the box uh, uh the balance area from the tpo I drew for the ETF how well it worked on Friday. It was just mm-hmm. like, it, it was like a crystal ball. I mean, it's, it's right. obviously not every day is going to be like that, but it was like, oh, see, and it went up to the top of the box and then went down to the bottom of the box and went back up to the top of the box. And I drew the box before the day started. Right. It's like, what? Yeah, it's incredible. Exciting to, to be part of. Yes, yes. All right, let's talk about some stocks. Okay. Talk about stocks time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stock time. Please don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, boy. All right. Can I start? Please do. Because I know, uh, I know you're going to love my stories. I got two of them, and they're both focused on Zuckerberg and what a terrible, terrible person he is. <laughs> you know, the shitting on Zuckerberg is one of my favorite things to do. So let's hear it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, somebody uploaded a, a 13 second video on TikTok on June 19th listing weird things that happened while I worked at Facebook. Uh, according to this person, uh, Zuckerberg brought a katana sword to the office and waved it around because he didn't like the code and stuff we were putting on the website. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. Uh, apparently, it's not the first time that uh, Zuckerberg has wielded a katana. AppSumo CEO released uh, How I Lost $170 Million My Time as Number 30 at Facebook. There's an ebook of his experiences working for the tech giant in 2005. In the book, he alleges that Zuckerberg, who's 21 at the time, would walk around with the sword and taunt underperformers. Wow. 
Uh, he had some great motivational lines, uh, Kagan wrote. With love, he'd say, if I, you don't get that done sooner, I will punch you in the face or I will chop you with this huge sword while holding a huge sword in his hand. <laughs> uh, how are we just now hearing about this? I don't know. Like this... This guy shouldn't even be allowed to own swords at this point, let alone a billion-dollar company. No. Okay, so that's the first story. Uh, this is the one, though, that got me my blood boiling and oh. had me joining the, the fuck Mark Zuckerberg. Thre- threatening people uh, with violence is... Okay, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> that sounds like a stupid 21-year-old who just got a katana and more money than he knows what to do with. Okay, okay. <laughs> this, okay. though, is just a shitty CEO move. Uh, during a Q&A session with employees, he warned that a recent slump in the markets might be one of the worst downturns that we've seen in recent history. Uh, and then he continued saying, realistically, there's a probably a bunch of people at the company who shouldn't be here. Part of my hope by raising expectations and having more aggressive goals and just kind of turning up the heat a little bit is that I think some of you might decide this place isn't for you and that self-selection is okay with me. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So he doesn't want to do layoffs. So instead, he's going to make the company miserable to work for to try to get people to quit. That is idiocy. Right? Wow. Yeah. Wow. He's not doing anything to make sure his best people are staying. No. No, no. That's what that says to me, loud and clear. No, it's saying that it doesn't matter. He's just trying to just trying to get people out. What a fuck up. Oh boy. And I look at this chart and man, we had some levels drawn that looked really nice at two twenty three that <laughs> just continued to fall from just trading at one sixty right now. And it is coming up on COVID lows. Yeah. I will be very interested to see what I think it's going down and retesting 137. Yeah. As well it should. I don't I don't see it coming back to to retest that gap for maybe ever. Oh man. This company is in trouble. <laughs> yeah, and I think people like with stories like those coming out with the sword, I think people are really starting to see that it's just bad leadership. Like the like the product when Facebook mm-hmm took over the internet it was it was the product like people were ready for that like one-stop internet phone book like i can go in here and find all my old friends right right people wanted that right the product itself was amazing when it came out he's a terrible leader he's a terrible leader and he's not a good innovator not at all not at all in fact the most successful innovations they've had have been things that they've acquired or bought yeah yeah and we've talked about that many times oh yeah yeah yeah, so I'll be pleased to see not only that COVID low break, but eventually that pre-COVID low of one twenty-three. This makes me wonder how much longer Mark Zuckerberg is going to be the CEO. Well, doesn't he still control have a controlling number of shares? Yeah, but eventually, if you're uh, if you're watching your fortune continue to dwindle as you make terrible decision after terrible decision, maybe eventually you decide that that's not the best thing to do. I don't think he's smart enough to figure that out. I think he got he was young enough when he got successful that he that will never dawn on him. He will be broke at before long before he ever would ever admit he made a mistake. I'm trying to look up and see if I can see what his holdings is. Uh, he only owns 12.8% of the company. How is he still in control? I don't know. We talked about this which was one of our guests was it Cairo uh, about how these stocks are owned by ETFs? Oh, so like oh. the vo- like shareholders aren't actually voting anymore, right? Are you not enough of them because they're yeah. all held through an ETF, and the ETF just votes with whatever the board recommends? Yes. And if the board is terrified of being slashed with a katana, then maybe they're not going to vote to oust him. 
Oh my god! <laughs> All right, uh, we gotta we gotta start some sort of campaign to get Zuckerberg ousted. How do we do this? Can we I, we got we got enough listeners yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Tell your friends. Tell your friends. <laughs> we've got <laughs> noble. We've got a noble quest. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. All right. Uh, what, what stocks you got? I was brought to the attention of Delta Airlines by a story that came out on July 1st. Uh, they reportedly offered passengers $10,000 each if they'll get off the oversold flight. I would have taken that in a heartbeat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Kyle, this was cash. This was not $10,000 worth of flights. What? Oh, fuck yeah. I would have taken that. The flight attendant announced, if you have Apple Pay, you'll have the money right now. Wow. It makes me want to look for overbooked flights and try to get a ticket and go sit at the airport <laughs> right a usa today interviewed several people on the flight confirming many different accounts were like yeah that happened and i didn't take it and my wife's mad kind of stories <laughs> i'm wondering why people weren't jumping at that normally they don't get like i've seen them get to 1200 and i've taken i've taken a voucher for 1200 bucks before yeah I was surprised it got that high. Uh, I just sat and waited as close to the counter and then wait till you see somebody else start to jump up and then swoop in. It's the pilots. <laughs> pilots are picketing and they've got picket lines for low pay. Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. They're, you know, they've, they've got, they're complaining about overscheduling and poor reliability from the airlines part, contract mm -hmm. disputes. And guess what? Without pilots. Yeah. It's hard to fly a plane. They don't have flights. <laughs> <laughs> I am looking at the chart and I kind it looks to me like we actually broke out of a bit of a distribution from like 35 to 46. Uh, they just came in, touched another area at 28 that I like, uh, and it is also on its way down to COVID lows. Yes, it is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's at the, the strongest. I wouldn't call that a big support. I just have it as a line that has a few touches. Uh, like if you look at the bounce when it was finding those COVID lows, that was in one of the areas where it stopped at on the 20, 30th of April. The, uh, the, the only thing that makes me feel like they've got any bullish case at all is uh, the options flow on American Airlines. Mm -hmm. And airlines do tend to to go together as a pack. Yeah. Well, they do have earnings coming up in a couple weeks, too. But if if these pilots don't <laughs> start showing up for work, I don't know how the stock's going to go up. Right. 
Uh, that may be one of those things where they resolve it, then maybe that brings the price back up to the, the distribution it had been in before. Yeah. If you overlay the two American Airlines and the Delta Airlines stock tickers, the since COVID, mm-hmm. they, they pretty much mirror each other. Yeah, that looks pretty close. Uh, anything else on your radar of stocks to watch? Well, I mean, I think uh, Twitter is uh, about to, I should say, it looks like Twitter is, is going to pop up. Really? I think there's a bullish case. I've, I've seen some good order flow stuff on it. And I look at look at the chart and I'm thinking maybe people believe the deal's going to go through. Um, you know, actually, uh, now that you mentioned it, I did see something pop up in the news about uh, Twitter's or Musk's Twitter silence has reached uh, nine days. I think that was yesterday. Ooh, no tweets in nine days, huh? Uh, typically I would say that's probably a lawyer telling him not to do anything. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you want this deal to go through, you're going to shut the fuck up. If that is because he's trying to get this deal closed, I would have to think that it is because he is trying to renegotiate a new price. I don't think that 54 is going to be the price this deal goes through at. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time believing that it'll definitely be at a premium than what the price is trading at now, if it goes through. But wasn't there wasn't there some sort of financial penalty if it doesn't go through at the price? Uh, it was a uh, it was a nice chunk of change to Musk's something like eight hundred million to a billion dollars that he forfeits. I don't remember the exact number, but it was something large like that. Damn. Well, if the deal doesn't go through, it still it still looks to me like like Twitter's got got a chance. It's got a shot. I gotta look that up because their revenue last year is just over a billion. There's no way that. Can't, can't be that high, can it? Oh, it is a billion dollar breakup fee. And apparently that's, he can't just pay the fee and walk away. Like he's got to do more than that. Uh, I'm trying to say, okay, here it is. Uh, so-called reverse termination fee of a billion dollars. The breakup fee isn't an option payment that allows must to bail without consequence. It is paid from a buyer to target. It applies when there is an outside reason a deal can't close, such as regulatory intermediation or third-party financing concerns. Buyer can also walk if there's fraud, assuming discovery of incorrect information has so-called material adverse effect. A market dip like the current sell-off that's caused Twitter to learn more than $9 billion in market cap does not count as a valid reason to cut loose, breakup fee or no breakup fee. So if he were to abandon the bid simply because he thought he overpaid, Twitter could sue him for billions of dollars in damages in addition to collecting that fee. And that's happened before when Tiffany sued French luxury good conglomerate LVMH in 2020 for trying to back out of its agreed upon deal. That suit was settled when Tiffany lowered its sale price from 16.2 billion to roughly 15.8 billion. Okay, so yeah, it maybe this deal's happening. I think it's all going to come down to whether or not he can prove his um, concerns about the um, number of bot accounts. Right. And, and so far he, he hasn't put forth any evidence. He's just put forth suspicion. Uh, I mean, he did do a poll or a sample of his followers, but he only sampled a hundred of them, but I thought he found something closer to 20%. He sampled 100 of his followers and found 20% of them were bots. Yeah. It was like 5.8 million. I think that was what was reported. We think we talked about that before. It was definitely more than the 5%. I can say that. And is his contention that the bots are are like I don't I don't understand. I always thought people like bought bots to inflate their own numbers. I think the reason is that it would have have adverse effects on the underlying numbers that Twitter's probably using for growth and for ad revenue potential. 
because a bot's not going to see any ads or give a shit about them. So if there's a lot more bots present than the 5% that they list, then you're going to have a hard time selling advertising space or you're going to have to lower that price Mm -hmm. if if Mm -hmm. bot accounts are the ones that are seeing all the advertising that's getting targeted. So he has a real contention with that. It's just going to be a question of whether or not uh, he can prove it. Yeah. And whether or not Twitter is going to share their actual methodologies for <laughs> determining that. Well, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. I do know that uh, just based on options order flow, Twitter's looking mm-hmm. pretty bullish. What are the strikes they're looking at? I'm not supposed to publicly disclose the information oh, okay. from the subscription right, service I go to. <laughs> Fair enough. I can say my opinion of looking at these numbers is that Twitter looks pretty bullish. Can you say if they think that the uh, the $54 agreed upon sale price is what they're targeting? I mean, it looks to me like the popular, and I guess you could look up this volume yourself on probably Thinkorswim. Uh, the open interest on the calls are all under 54 Uh-huh. Okay. So, say that. Very interesting. <laughs> are they all near-dated or long-term? I see a lot for J- July 15, just looking at the open interest. Yes, there's a, there's a lot of open interest for July. Uh, the ones I'm seeing, though, are like 200 days. Okay. 100, 160 okay. days. I'll stop trying to skirt the rules of your agreement. <laughs> we can move on. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, let's uh, talk about some crypto. Yeah. What's happening in the crypto world? Uh, Jeremy was nice enough to send us this story. Oh, from the on Facebook? Yeah, apparently Voyager is suspended withdrawals. Voyager is? It is a crypto broker. Okay. Yeah, we were just talking about Three Arrows Capital last week. Okay, so um, Voyager had to announce suspension of trading deposits and withdrawals uh, because of that Three Arrows Capital uh, hedge fund liquidation. Ooh. Yeah, I'm trying to see their actual message to they had a message to everybody. Let's see. Managing partner at CoinFund said that crypto is an asset industry, but intense competition developed amongst service providers vying for the business small side entirely. Now that's not right. Don't uh, cut that. Okay, here's the tweet. Voyager today we made the difficult decision to temporarily suspend trading deposits, withdrawals, and loyalty rewards. Agree more at uh, here. Okay, here it is. Here it is. Okay, Voyager CEO Stefan Elric, uh, he said that uh, the company needed additional time to explore strategic alternatives, something that Celsius Network, which also halted withdrawals, has also been pursuing. Sam Bankman-Fried, who act or fried Bankman-Fried, fried, who acted as a lender of the last resort for the industry earlier, turned down a bailout request by Celsius, according to a person familiar with the matter. So yeah, the uh, the liquidation of Three Arrows Capital is really kind of fucked over a lot of other people now. Remember how hedge funds were getting pissed off at retail for bankrupting pension funds? Yeah. Yeah. Well, fuck you, hedge funds. Fucking hedge funds done the same thing. 
Oh yeah. yeah. God damn. So anybody who is doing crypto in Voyager, they're just fucked now. Well, I mean, hopefully they'll eventually get their money out, but I mean, three arrows own, they, they, uh, they took out a $675 million loan through Voyager and then now they can't actually pay it off. Oh, so they're trying to get it through a court ordered liquidation process, but oh shit, you know what happens when somebody liquidates like that, Yeah, that gets settled for pennies on the dollar. So God, I hope everybody gets, gets their money back out of here, but I have a, I don't know. It doesn't look great. It's yeah, it's definitely not federally insured. That's the main issue. And that's the, one of the main dangers with the investing in crypto through some of these places. The FDIC insurance is a really nice lifeline. It, it yeah, it really is. Uh, and and it, 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 let's let's not forget how it came about from situations similar to these, the uh, liquidity crises and bank runs right. and being like, well, I put all my money in that bank and then the bank loaned it to somebody who went under and then they couldn't get the money back and the bank's like, sorry. Yeah, my bad. We loaned your money and it's gone. My bad. It's the risk you take putting your money in a bank. Yeah, the thing that you advertise to us daily to do. Yeah, so clearly Voyager was kind of the ones where it's you you don't have the keys to your own wallet and your crypto. I mean, it looks they're acting like a bank. Yeah. That's about to go under is what they're acting like. Well, I mean, it's just I remember talking to crypto people when we first started the show and that was that was like the big split down the middle like are you trading crypto to get it put it in your own wallet and have it or are you using a service right are you letting somebody hold it for you yeah i guess i guess that makes sense like you probably want your own wallet yep whatever exchange you're using is just facilitating the transfer to your wallet so you are the custodian yeah downside of that though is if your hardware or hard drive goes to shit then uh you might be (laughs) kind of fucked too then or lose a password right i that threw out that that laptop with all that Bitcoin on it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like trying to go through the, the landfill. Where is it? Where is it? Fuck, I would be too. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sorry, Jeremy. I really hope you get your money back, but keep us, uh, keep us posted on how that goes. I'd be interested in hearing the follow up to that. Yes, please do. All right. What else? Uh, well, the remember Terra Luna? Duquan? Duquan, Terra Luna. <laughs> <laughs> do illegal strange strangely <laughs> um i did i did this isn't the story that i'm bringing up but to, to to lead into it i guess tara is making a little bit of a rebound in, in yeah. price which is crazy um oh. but the hacker group anonymous has vowed to bring duquan's crimes to light yeah, that sounds like uh, some people got burned. Sounds like some hackers had a little bit of Terra Luna in their portfolio. <laughs> yes. I, but I guess they pointed out that uh, Doquan cashed out about $80 million uh, from Luna before the collapse. Amazing, huh? What great timing he had. What great timing. He and Musk's brother should hang out. They must, they must work together. Yeah. <laughs> Be the dream team. You know, I mean, I would really like, obviously, people bringing stuff like this to light is is great, but uh, why aren't they like, I don't know, it's hard when it's an anonymous collective. But to me, it's like, you're a little late to the game here. Like, we already know this guy is crooked. Right. Like, what are you going to prove to us? I guess, hopefully, the idea is that they will provide the evidence that is needed to actually prosecute him but yeah anonymous if you're listening uh it'd be nice if you found some of these before they happen too 
right? <laughs> uh, but then that's just it, though. It's like, what are they going to do that South Korean authorities can't? Well, they can illegally obtain information by hacking the the the, the police would have to get warrants for or, or some other means to legally obtain. Okay, but how, how does that evidence help prosecute him? If it's illegally obtained, just because they illegally obtain it, if they send it over, then the people prosecuting, I guess, can claim like, oh, I don't know where they got this from. They just yeah. got it delivered to me. Could have been an insider. Could have been anything. I don't know. I don't know how South Korean law works. I don't know how our law works other than what I've seen on TV. And it seems like on TV, it's like, don't tell me where it came from. I'll just use it. I don't think that's how it works either, though. I'll just use it. Well, I do know that in South Korea, the a famous financial crimes investigation unit dubbed the Grim Reapers of Yudo was revived and they are set with the task of investigating the collapse of Terra. They've already subpoenaed all Terraform Labs employees. Every single one. Wow. Wow. That is a scary task force to have coming after you. That sounds like uh, an F-16 strike wing. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, we'll have to ask Jared Bibler if he's heard of them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Anyhow, we're we're going long as hell today. Yeah, can you hit the uh the gunshot uh button for me? And then just fall over dead. Uh, <laughs> son of a bitch. God damn right in the fucking dick. <laughs> don't shoot people in the dick. <laughs> don't shoot people in the dick. What is wrong with you? Oh, all right. Um, I think my good came on Friday when uh, I finally had a day where, you know, I've had this recurring thing in these last few weeks where it's like, I see the setup, I got the charts drawn well, and then I just execute terribly. Mm -hmm. And then I feel like shit, and I get all angry and upset. And then revenge trade too, or just... Sometimes a revenge trade. It sounds very familiar. On Friday, I I mean, I drew the box perfectly mm-hmm. for balance, the, the order flow labs homework, uh, doing the TPO stuff. And I had this balance box for the SPY ETF. And it was just like, I'm going to go down and touch the bottom. And now I'm going to go up and touch the top. And then I'm going to go down and touch the bottom. I wasn't, I didn't make money on, on Friday. Mm-hmm even though I had I had it all in front of me. But I didn't feel bad when I failed to, to execute properly. I didn't, I wasn't emotional about it. I was, I was oh, wow. analytical of, okay, okay, well, we got to just adjust the plan, just got to learn to do better. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that would be my good was like finally detaching myself from that emotional ride. How you managed to do that? I'm hoping we have a deeper discussion on that when we sit down and look at plans and strategies uh this weekend yes as that was uh that was the struggle i was kind of having too and i think actually uh, paul d on our discord helped me out as i was putting my journaling together throughout the week as i had a pretty rough week i think my entire week was basically my ugly mm. uh, but he made a good point of like looking at he, he he looked at my stuff and was telling me like look at how good your analysis was like you're just a couple ticks away from being like you know going the other way for you yeah. Uh, and, and there's like lately, like this past week, like the focus for me had been on like, look how terribly you're doing when I forget to look at like what you're doing well. Mm-hmm. And that's what the journal is for. The journal is not to beat yourself up over, but it's to look for ways to improve. And part of that improving needs to be your emotional state too. Yes. You can't just beat yourself up over the head and just to the point where you're so down that you just, you know, you feel like shit. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You have to take some positives away from it. And that's kind of what we try to do with this good, bad, and the ugly. Right? The idea has always been like, what do we do good? Let's let's celebrate that too. Well, maybe maybe we're doing ourselves a disservice then because it's good, bad, and ugly. That's two negatives and one positive. Uh, that's, yeah, but it also is a trilogy that I really enjoyed. Yeah, it's just, just a great film. Well, then maybe maybe we should just make it good cop, bad cop moments. Or we can just look at our bads and try to figure out how we can make something good in them or see the good in them. Mm, okay, like Star Wars, Darth Vader, and Luke. Yeah, like this is yeah. bad, but here's the lesson I'm taking away from it, and that's good. Okay, well, certainly have to put some thought into that. So, yeah, my good is is just looking at like the analysis that I've been doing this past week has been really well. The execution has not been well, but that's just an area that needs to be improved on. Yeah. Similar to what you said. My my bad was uh, on, on Friday not listening to my own plan and being like, don't move those stops, Dan. Just let right. yourself get stopped out. If I hadn't moved my stops, I would have would have had an amazing day. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but that's OK, because, you know, it's just tweak the plan with the data. The, the entry areas mm-hmm. were so good. I mean, I stopped trading, but if I'd kept trading through the day, I would have ended green. Right. No, no doubt. <laughs> uh, my bad is actually on that same move, or at least the one afterward from the bottom when it bottomed out. Like I saw the bottoming out, and then I was yep. actually pricing out options calls for the top of that box that I almost went and put, executed on. But my indecision, I think, is what stopped me. Mm. Uh, even though I had a plan, uh, and that would have fit with my plan. But I think my problem and the reason why that happened is because I didn't have an actual plan for trying to trade that. We just learned some of this information. Now we're trying to put it to use. So what we're planning on doing this weekend, I think, is the the remedy for that, to actually have something written down on like how to execute. Yes, 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 yes. And ugly? I did not have an ugly this week. I did. And I think it, uh, not only was it the, uh, the emotional uh, roller coaster I went through, uh, my actions on Friday. Friday, I've been planning on sitting on my hands, and I was doing that up until the last hour when I jumped on an OFL Zoom call. And then got that excitement again and started seeing signals firing and thought I was seeing a breakout and then tried to take a couple trades and then a couple Oof. trades led to a couple more. And uh, basically the week ended with all the gains that I had made since I was starting the the setup that I had been trading on futures being erased. I'm right back where I started. Oh, yeah, uh, it hurts. But uh, there is some good to take away from that, though. The the setups that I was trying to trade, I did find a flaw in them that uh, this past week did expose. And so now trying to figure out a way to improve that. And, and all things considered, it was a very cheap way to learn that lesson. And the other good thing, too, that I can take away from this ugly is that whereas like a, a a meltdown like last Friday normally would have cost me 10 or 15 times as much money. Oh, wow. So I, I, I'm, I'm upset with how I traded and what I did, but the actual cost uh, was not nearly that much. So it should be easy to, to, to take myself away from that. And one of the things that I think that I need to work on and focus on is to be okay with losing. We kind mm-hmm. of talked a little bit about that on Friday. And so I think what, next thing I'm going to do to try to work on that part of my psychology is we like playing chess together, but I've always hesitated against playing against live people because I just don't like the thought of losing to a stranger. And so I'm going to force myself to to just play a bunch of strangers and a bunch of bullet and rapid and games so that way i can try to become yeah. more comfortable with that idea this is this is something i did to to get over that was i played mm-hmm. some games i played like 10 games in a row where i was like i am just gonna take my h pawn and push it 
Oh yeah. <laughs> just, just force myself to play so badly. Mm-hmm. And then like, we're, we're like, I almost can't win at that. Once I start trying. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and just to, just to, just to, you know, wallow in those losses and be like, all right, what's, what's different now? Nothing. Right. I just lost. Right. Exactly. Nothing's different. Anyway, enough chess talk. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Makes for thrilling podcast. Well, I mean, it's, 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 we're talking about trading, but I mean, it's it's psychology, and I've identified an area where my psychology can be improved. Yeah, and I can do something that's not related to trading that won't cost me any money. That's true. That's true. And that's like the I think that's a great way to try to improve. So, yeah, maybe you don't have to play uh, chess, but you know, you find another something that just puts you in an uncomfortable situation and see if you can overcome it. Sounds good to me. All right, let's make a bet. Let's wrap this thing up. Alright, you get to go first, my friend. Uh, and we're picking for two weeks too, don't forget. Yep. Alright. I want to go with our old friend Bristol Myers Squibb. And mm. I'll explain my thought mm. process here. Because I want to talk about this in stocks to watch, but we kind of ran out of time there. Yeah. Um, I have a balance area drawn from say 78 to all the way down to like 73 half. Uh, this is where the consolidation has been taking place. We've been watching it try to break out. But as we learned uh, more about TPO and how the auction moves from balance to imbalance, I noticed something interesting when I drew this box and that was the failed break down lower on the 16th of July. And you can see that when we failed to find value below the box, we came right back up into value. Yeah, June. Yeah. Came right back up into value and then went to the upper end and then tried to find value above. Yes. Well, we just recently failed that uh, over this past week, and we're now right back in towards the upper end of that value area that Mm -hmm. I defined. So I posit that this stock is going to go back down and re-explore the lower end of that distribution. And I want to short Bristol-Myers. Yes, all of that makes sense. I went to short BMY with the stop above, let's say, let's put the stop at 78.70. Uh, I want my first take profit at 74, and that's going to be half. And if the stock continues down through the box, I'll continue holding it. If it re enters the box and passes above 74, then I will switch long. Okay. The other half is just going to hold it and see where it runs to, unless I reverse the position. Sounds good. Well, that should cover two weeks worth of action, I would think. I I, I would agree. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly agree. Okay. Uh, then it's time for my amazing bet pick as uh, the winner of the month of June through chicanery. Uh, I'm going to go with Ford. Ooh. I know I've, I've, I've done Ford before. It's definitely one of the ones I like. Ford is pretty bearish. They've got earnings coming up on 27th of July. So we've got the lead up to those earnings and they're already looking bad. Yeah. uh, On the chart wise. Anyway, Uh, it did. It did have an engulfing bullish emoji. But anyway, regardless, I'll stop jabbering about Ford and I'll just get to the the trade. (laughs) 
if it's a if okay so i'm gonna do nothing as long as it's between 11 34 and 11 6 we'll call it 11 30 and 11 60 okay if it if it goes above 11 60 i'm gonna go long on the breakout below 11 30 i'm gonna go short okay okay i like it the longs my take profit will be 12 half at 12 35 half at 13 and then you're short short my uh my target's going to be 10 70 and 10 and then uh my stops if it's long my stop's going to be 11 30 if it's short my stop's going to be 11 60 so my entry lines are the are each other's stops perfect and that's going to be my trade on ford and i think i'm actually going to watch this one and trade it with some real money i I, that's 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 how good i feel about this one I like it. All right. You ready for a random stock? I am ready for random. What we got? All right. It's a New York Stock Exchange, and random is trying to copy us and go healthcare. Oh. Or copy me, at least. Uh, it has chosen Herbalife, HLF. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. I, I find it interesting. It considers that healthcare. How is that? Yeah. How is that healthcare? I don't know, but it's, it's, a, it's a stock that's been beat up. It is at its uh, COVID lows right now, so <laughs> that might not be a terrible idea. <laughs> it's the worst chart I've ever seen. <laughs> Ugh. Right? Yeah, this is, <laughs> this is an ugly chart. Nowhere to go but up. Okay, no, it's got a, it's got a low from 2015. It can revisit at $12. I'll just say, if COVID didn't pick it lower, I'd, this, might, uh, this might be a good spot for it to find some support. Yeah, well, not uh, not a company I would have expected to be talking about today. Um, yeah, no, me good job, Random. <laughs> good job. Uh, that's what I love about Random. It gives us some interesting, uh, interesting stocks to look at. They got earnings on in August, so I think I think we yep. could see Random really be in some pain, or we could be really hurting. Yeah, that's. I mean, it's possible. I don't think it's probable does seem that they've accepted price uh, around 20 to 23 so it'd be interesting to continue watching that one it did not it was not able to break above 24 and i think that was an important yeah important line and now it's that 21 half area it broke and retested it we'll see if we can get over it anyway yep. fuck you random get your fuck you random stickers in the china shop that's right <laughs> <laughs> i've got one up on my workstation oh nice. okay that should wrap things up. There you have it, folks. Kyle's got his BMY going on. Nice short. I've got a trade set up for Ford. Could be short, could be long. We don't know. Random's got Herbalife, everybody's favorite, not a pyramid scheme company. <laughs> and somehow healthcare. You know, I bet a salesman from Herbalife listening right now is like, what do you mean we're not healthcare? Fuck you guys. We're a whole life supplement. We're whole life care. I don't know. Vitamins are, I guess. <laughs> Thank you for sticking around to the end, folks. We we love you so much. Yep. Tune in next week for the apology. <laughs> <laughs> Tune in next week. We got some great interviews. We've got. I, I really am a big fan of uh, Stephen Mathai Davis and the QAI that we're going to talk about next Friday. Mm-hmm. Be sure to be sure to give that a listen. That's if. <laughs> I'm going to be from for going forward. I'm going to be billing that as the beginning episode for somebody who doesn't want to learn anything and just wants to put their money somewhere. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Hey, Dan. Yeah. What do you think the best to ask for a review is? Uh, you don't leave a review. I'll, I will kill a puppy. No, no, that is not the way to do it. I was thinking we just try, we should just try asking. Not threatening. Let's just try asking. 
Hey guys, could you please leave us a review? It really goes a long way in getting the show out to more people and helping grow this amazing community that you're all invested in at this point, I would assume. Ha! Investing, that's what the show's about. Uh, let's see what I did there. Hey! All right. Man, we almost made it two minutes without a punchline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back at you with a regular episode in two weeks. Uh, until then, happy trades, everybody. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks in the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.